here slow, you can still go. Even when there's no hope, you can still go. I never answered a no, man, I still go. Go, 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 go. Every single day I'll be making moves Till I'm buried in my grave uh, To the system I don't wanna be a slave I've been doing shit my way uh, Or the highway And in the driveway Is a nice range Cause I grind through the climb I invite pain You'll never hear me bitch Nah, I don't complain Just gotta flip the switch And you can go and obtain Anything you want Anything you need Your mind's got the key ingredient It's belief They'll uh, see with the negativity But I just slide right by that Slow, you can still go. Even when there's no hope, you can still go. I never answered a no, man. I still go. Go, 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 you can flip the gray matter like some batter in your brain uh, That's why I say, fake it till you make it, eh And if you play that game, then you just might make a change Rearrange all the bad to okay Take the worst I say and turn them to a game Take the best I say and put them on display On repeat in your brain till you're feeling no more pain uh, Never slow yourself down, you can do some more Push past, start a pain and you'll find a door Open it up and finally explode Everything that you buy, you can never do before Slow, you can still go. Even when there's no hope, you can still go. I never answered a no, man. I still go. Go, go. StreamYard forgot I was looped. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between. Welcome to Sports Report Fight Night. I'm your host, Josie. As you might notice, my partner in crime is not here today. Mr. Morgan worked a 14-hour shift today. He was exhausted. So I got I'm super excited from he's been a fan of wrestling since WrestleMania 8. He covers basketball and wrestling for ASAP Sports. I've been on the show with them, and I just felt like we clicked, and I've been trying to get him on this show since then, and with Mr. Morgan out today, I'm super excited to have the one and only pretty boy, Chris Robinson. 
Wow, man, that was a hell of an introduction right there. That's that Justin Dude, Roberts, I, I Kenny Omega introduction. My, I pride myself on my introductions. Like, I pride <laughs> myself on my introductions. I can tell. I Man, also wait on you say North Carolina from North Carolina, <laughs> and then Justin Roberts is like that's my boy. As yes. far as uh, announcers go, like he has always been one of my favorites. It is the number one fan of pinball. It is Mr. KW. How you doing, sir? Um, so yeah, Justin Roberts has always been my boy. Um, but man, I'm super excited. So. Real quick, before we dive into uh, our show, tell us a little about you. Tell us about, like, what got you into wrestling and all that. Man, um, one, first of all, thank you for inviting me on. When uh, y'all asked me to join, I was more than ecstatic to do it. Uh, like you said, uh, the show we did together, it was great. Uh, you have a great energy. Uh, I loved working with you and honored to do it again. Thank you. You have that passion for wrestling that me and Will have for wrestling. Like, yeah. it, and it's just, it's contagious when you get around <laughs> it. it like, you can just feel it. Yes. Oh, man. What got me into wrestling was just the, the theatrics of it. Um, like I said, like I said, the first event I ever watched was WrestleMania 8, 1992. I got hooked. Um, Chris, how old uh, are you? I am 35. I'm old. Um, Damn, I was going to say you're not probably a year older than me. I'm thir- I am just turned 34. Right, so 92. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I just turned 35. Uh, the eighth. So you were moment. five at the mm-hmm. time? Mm-hmm. Damn. So yeah. one of your first core memories was WrestleMania 8. It is. Like, yeah, yeah man. Um, Bret Hart, Roddy Piper. That match is always in my top 10 because that was the first match that just got me into it. I mean, Seeing Brett bleed and just wow, this is amazing. Honestly, oh got the hell out and of me. Back then, the blood was so rare, like, it yes. very rarely happened. Yeah, just the the theatrics. And then, you know, that same event, you got Macho Man and Ric Flair, the storyline of Elizabeth. So, just seeing all that come together. Mm. Um, of course, you see Hulk Hogan's entrance at you know, just the theatrics, the the pageantry and like uh it's the pomp it's the circumstances yes. the theatrics of it all it and like people that don't understand it like you realize it's that's the point that's the, yes i know it's fake eight-year-olds know it's fake oh yeah i watch it like it's a movie i watch it because it, like i don't understand why people don't understand because it's a tv show it's the same thing as watching sons of anarchy or Game of Thrones or House of Dragons. I'm following a storyline. The only difference is those shows take, uh, you know, time off. Wrestling games. Every week. Every week. Every week. Unless by some chance there was a final or something huge. Like, I think I can remember like two times in my lifetime that Raw did not air on Monday. I think I can remember like a basketball, like... Or, or it was cut off because of the president was speaking. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. But even then, though, I mean, you know, they're still going to come back. it's still airing. You're just not seeing it. What was the first thing after 9-11? Vince McMahon brought everybody together and, you know. Yeah. yeah so. it, it, I, I feel you. Because, like, to me, like, people ask me, what's one thing that you could talk about for hours? Wrestling. Like, easily wrestling. Like I have such a passion for it and I can, 
I could sit there and discuss with even a non-fan of why it's amazing and how it has culturally constantly shaped our culture from the back. Other than what? NWO era in the 90s or late 90s, early 2000s hasn't really been forefront, but it's always been there. Always there for 60 years at this point. Wrestling has always been there. But all right. Well, I'm super excited to have you if I can't tell. So let's (laughs) dive into it. We're going to dive into the news right now. So I feel like I say this every week, but it's been another crazy week in wrestling. Um, last week, I think, was the only the first time in Triple H's era that there were no debuts um, during the two shows. We come back this week, bam, Johnny Gargano. And then, bam, my whole The Way storyline just shot the shit. <laughs> That's been my thought. That's been my thought with the way they brought Loomis back. I thought they were going to bring Indy back, then reform the way. And to me, that was the best way to make Austin Theory's briefcase cash-in seem legit. Yeah. But with that super kick to the face and concussion last night, I don't think that's happened. Yes, KW. And that was. this is always where I want this to go. Like, no matter how they brought Gargano back, I wanted DIY to happen. Chris, did you watch NXT? Oh, yeah. Okay, so... Yeah. uh, DIY, that whole... One, one of the greatest tag teams of NXT history, probably only right behind FTR, and their matches together were some of the best matches in NXT history, especially on the uh, um, tag team level. But... uh, their feud, Gargano and Ciampa's feud, was literally probably one of the best things that NXT ever did. That's oh, yeah. never been done on the main stage. It's never been done on the main roster. I would love to see a DIY reunion to eventually lead to a DIY breakup. Because I don't care that it would be the fourth time that we've seen it. <laughs> Gargano and Ciampa won because they are truly best friends they always have a way to make it fresh. It will never seem... It's like it's Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Those two could feud a thousand times and it would never get boring because they know each other so well, they constantly know how to change that story to make it interesting to the viewers. Yeah, I agree. Um, Just to piggyback off of what... uh, I'm sorry, what's his name? KW7? KW, yeah. KW. That's uh, our number one fan. He's been with us for like three years. (laughs) Oh, that's dope. Um, About the DIY thing. Um, Last night, because I missed uh, Bit of Raw and had to go back and watch it. So I like saw a report that said, you know, somebody grabbed. I only watch clips. (laughs) I saw some report that said someone grabbed AJ. And then after that, I saw that uh, Johnny Gargano had returned. So I was thinking that, oh, that must have been. Um, Loomis. Well, no, I was thinking it was Johnny Gargano uh-huh. who grabbed him, you know, and and bring him back, either DIY or he's teaming up with Loomis to go along with what you were saying. That was my thought process. And then 
played our song. He just comes out, no fanfare, no nothing, just nothing. Like, like Johnny Wrestling. All of a sudden, his music hits. There yeah, was I no mean, like I wasn't mad, it, but like, <laughs> nothing. Just all of a sudden, Gargano on the screen. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then, like, Theory comes out and they did that whole segment. But I'm telling you, when he dropped him with that super kick, I was shocked. I was not expecting that. Um, I'm guessing they're gonna go with babyface Gargano at this point with that kick because we all know Theory is. He's he's a weird heel, but he is a yeah. heel. Um, and Jesus, that's a nut. That's like theory seventh feud he's in right now. <laughs> that's like him and AJ, him and uh, who's he feuding right now? Like Maine, uh, Ziggler is that Ziggler? Oh, Ziggler, that that's yeah. the one I'm trying to think of. And like, it just seems like he's con- he's in it with everybody because also with the case he's just a step away from the main event picture at this point. He's going to fail his cash in unless they, I don't know if they're going to take it off of him. It's almost at this point, you kind of have to, because he's not credible enough to keep it. That, that was always my thought. And when the whole Ziggler popped up, that was kind of where I thought they were going with it. But then everything changed when Vince stepped away. Like I just, it's hard for me to know where things are going now because Triple H is changing storylines mid storyline, <laughs> which yeah. I'm not saying is a bad thing because it's not. It's a great thing. But um, like I said, I, I pri- and you probably do this too. I would say probably 80 to 90% of the time, I can tell where a match is going. I can probably guess the winner. I can even most of the time kind of foresee a storyline most of the time but well and vince was real easy with that because we all know vince did the same shit over and over and over again and it was like it wasn't even a chore but with triple h even with nxt it wasn't always easy to know where he was going Early AEW used to do the same thing tony khan hasn't been doing as much anymore i feel like he's kind of fallen into a little bit of a pattern with his booking but um triple h is very he, he you're going this way you're going this way and then is off this way and then you're back here and then you're over here and it's it's hard to know where he's going with his booking and like i said i had fully thought the way's returning and that's how theory is going to get a legit title reign but that now perfect. that doesn't that seem like, like possible uh, you brought Loomis back, so yeah, it would have been perfect just to to do that. But it just it made sense to me because they were always the family. I didn't feel like the way really got its push because then Triple H left. Like they never really got to hold titles as a group. I wasn't a fan, but again, like that's kind of the point because they were heel group. But uh, <laughs> all right, so that's Gargano's return. Just to talk about this. Triple H is doing great. I'm excited uh, for – I'm actually probably going to watch Clash at the Castle. Um, it'll be the first, like, non-WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble pay-per-view I've probably watched in three or four years. Really? I don't – I could not stand WWE product under Vince. I just couldn't. Like, I still kept up with it. I read all the the – 
everything that was going on. I knew most of the storylines, but like, it was just so corny, so <laughs> predictable. They always went with the stupid direction with storylines instead of the interesting direction with storylines. Like I always felt, and it was all, don't get me wrong. We've had this conversation on this show many times about there's a place for all styles of wrestling, comedy, death match. Um, it doesn't matter. All styles of wrestling work. I felt like at times though, the late WWE product was just bullshit comedy wrestling. And it wasn't even good comedy wrestling. It was like child comedy wrestling. And I just couldn't get into it. I, for a long time, was just an AEW guy. But for the past two weeks, I've missed Raw and actually been upset about missing Raw. So Yeah. Actually, well. <laughs> Another return we got to talk about this past week. I think everybody knew it was going to happen, but uh, Trio's tournament, Young Bucks, secret partner, was the one and only Kenny Omega. Something I want to bring up to people that I don't feel like I have seen anywhere. Did anybody notice what tunnels they came out of? The face tunnels. Yes! yes. I can't believe that hasn't... I thought more people would be talking about that this week. Yeah. Well, I Especially guess the Young Bucks kind of turned... He still had when... callus with him and that came was out the of the face tunnel. Yeah. I know the Young Bucks turned when Adam Cole jumped him, so I get that part. But like you said, having Callus come out with it, and he really didn't heal it up on commentary as much as I thought he would. No, he didn't. He talked. He 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 baby faced it up on commentary. Yeah. He talked them up, but like the opponents, he wasn't shitting on them like exactly. he normally would have. He wasn't near as annoying at the commentary desk as he had been. Um, and. I don't know. Omega looked good. Definitely looked winded. You could tell yeah. he had not been in the ring in a while. Um, which, again, we've talked about this before on this show, but there's nothing like you can do all the cardio and all the workouts in the world, but being in that ring, there's no workout like being in that ring. And until that's you're it. in the ring again, that's why I think Punk took so long to get back to Punk. Um, was because seven years off, even if you're still in great shape, yes, he was doing USC. He was obviously still in great shape, but it is a difference until you're running those ropes, taking the bumps, especially the style with Omega. Oh yeah, definitely. You can see like just at little times, you know, little things like his pop-up move, you know, after he does the uh, fireman's carry, he'll, he'll get back into it. I'm sure he's at that level, like Brian was saying a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they're just at that level where they're never going to be 100%. Yes. Never. They've been doing this for 18 years. Their bodies are beat. The body is not meant to take. In again, you can talk about it being fake all the time, but they're still taking. I want you to stand up right now and jump backwards <laughs> onto your bed and land flat back and then do that on the ground. <laughs> right. Tell me that doesn't hurt. It's gonna hurt. <laughs> um well, they and know how to do fall. that for 20 years. They know how to fall. Yeah, but it's still gonna hurt. It's still gonna hurt. What yes, they do know how to fall, and you're right. That's a hundred percent what it is, is they learn how to square out these shoulders and land flat back as best you can. But the ribs, 
the spine, the shoulders, all those still will ding up just like any other part of the body. So it's going to bruise. It's going to hurt. And then I'm sorry, the ropes are metal wrapped in tape. They're not ropes. They're metal ropes, metal wire wrapped around the ring, wrapped in tape. So bumping off of those and bouncing off of those like they are ropes is not fun. Um, I'd like to see them front flip a lot of times. I've taken a swan tom off a 20-foot ladder. Like, it doesn't feel good. It don't feel good. Even on the trampoline, it still don't feel good. Uh, I've, I've taken some in-ring bumps before, but yeah, and no, it, it hurts. Uh, yeah, it's it's in, in like then the mat under it's just plywood, guys. It's not anything special. It's plywood. So, but Omega returned. Um, great match, honestly, amazing match between. Um, uh, shit, what is uh, his name? Dragon Lee Roosh and Andrade. Andrade, I could not think of his name. Um, and then the end, another face move when they took the mask off of Dragon Lee, the Bucks in there. Like, it's obvious that the elite is face again. Also, that makes sense because we know that as soon as they're healthy, we are getting the undisputed elite versus the elite. Oh, yeah. Like, that, that's gone. It's going to happen. Um, Talking of moving on in AW, I've got to talk about it. Uh, Punk officially returned this past week, called out Mox. Those fucking promos, Chris, <laughs> they were so good. Man, oh, wow. Like, just everything he said, you were the third best member in your group. You're not used to, I mean, I know you're not used to, like, well, he, he, says everything that he, said. About, he says that about Moxley. And then he says, Kingston's the third best Eddie I've been in the ring with. The second, second best Kingston <laughs> I've shared a locker room with. And I missed, I went back and rewatched. I had missed the parts that he said about Hangman. And I guess there might be some actual true backstage heat. Yeah. Yeah, uh, apparently Hangman went off, you know, their first time around. He said some things Punk didn't really agree with, so that's why he brought it up this time, because that was not part of anything. That's interesting to me. Now, um, I did, I listened, do you listen to the AEW Unrestricted podcast? Mm-mm. So, I listened to it this past week, and Shivani, it was just Shivani and Aubrey, and they talked about Shivani's promotion. He's basically taking over what JR did for WWE for so long. He's talent hmm. relations. And it sounds like he's pretty hands-on. So I'm sure if there's any kind of backstage riff, they'll be fixed. To me, though, that punk promo. And then Mox come out and is like, oh, no, punk's dropping pipe bombs. <laughs> Just, and then... One thing I love about AEW is it really does feel like some of these people just really do hate each other. It yeah. doesn't feel fake. With Kingston, 
his thing. They did you see what he said this past week on how working with Jericho the last few months has been so hard because he hates Jericho. Any Kingston promo is like right there. That's the guy who is like somebody told this guy this stuff is scripted. Like he goes so real. It's oh I love listening to that man talk. I love Eddie Kingston. From the moment I saw him in Impact with LAX, I was just like, why isn't this guy on, like, major television? I get it now. He's not the type of guy yeah. he's usually going to be. Like, AEW took a risk with him, and it paid off because he's hugely over with the fans. Um, but also, he's not a WWE guy. He's never would have worked in WWE under even under Triple H. Now I still don't see that working. He's just not that type. But um, he, you're right. He's probably I would say top five promo artist of all time, all time. Ooh. Which is that's an that's that's I that's mean a hard one there. I mean, that's a hard one. I may be off. He's definitely top ten, easily top ten. Um, and, and the only reason that's hard is because you get into guys like Macho Man and Flair and and Rock, Rock, and Jericho. Eddie Guerrero, yeah. and just like the list goes on and on and on. And even even Cena, Cena was a good promo artist. I will say Eddie can make you feel more than some of those other guys. Though. Oh yeah, like the Rock is just entertaining, but Eddie yes. will like have you. Like manager balls. I mean, <laughs> Eddie. Eddie, when you watch Eddie, is like you feel like you're watching you or someone. Yes, you know. it's very relatable. Unlike The Rock, it was like, oh my god, he's larger than life. Uh, yeah, Eddie is like, like, I could share a beer with this dude. Yeah, like Ric Flair. You know, you're in a limousine. Eddie's getting a cab with you. <laughs> Eddie's like, did you call the Uber? <laughs> 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 but uh no and then i think they played that so well this past week on dynamite they started off with punk and uh moxley moxley comes back out calls punk out again it blew me away when they announced that they were gonna do the title unification match on dynamite this week that is Crazy. Oh, I'm gonna just back up for one second though. Did you hear the pop Claudio got when he lifted up? <laughs> Man, I, I did. I did, and I was like, "Do you think that was planned?" Because <laughs> the way he lifted Mox like he was a child, <laughs> <laughs> and Mox is not a small dude at all. Claudio's a freaking nature, man. Yeah, he doesn't look great. as strong as he is. I I love Claudio. I'm, we were talking about this last week. Will doesn't think he'll ever be like a major champion in AEW, like hold their title. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I, I love him. I think he's super charismatic. Um, I'm super excited. I, again, wish – I'm hoping Tony does something with ROH soon mm -hmm. because I, I don't like just seeing them as an undercard for AEW. Right. They just deserve more respect than that. I agree with you. Um, but as far as like the announcement for next week, it was very shocking. Uh, like you said, it came out of nowhere. And it was just like a throwaway 
segment kind of you know oh next week the unification message yeah they said it and i didn't even catch the original announcement i caught the repeat announcement and i was like wait what yeah at first i thought it was just like when i like when i saw the first one like oh they're doing another face to face no that's for the title what the hell do you feel there's reasoning behind this and in that reasoning three words m j f you give up what was obviously going to be your main event of all and and in all honesty that was AEW's biggest main event ever well i mean i know they've had some great matches but that would have been their biggest main event you got the two titles those two guys so they have to be playing something major and what is more major right now than MJ. The man we have heard nothing. Exactly. Absolutely nothing from since his pipe bomb promo. Like, I have actually missed MJF pissing me off each week. Him <laughs> <laughs> and that damn Burberry score. One of those guys, again, like, he's such an amazing heel. And he's so rare in this industry anymore. For those guys who live their gimmick all the time, it's it's him, it's Orange Cassidy, it's Danhausen. There's yeah. very few others that are constantly in gimmick all the time. Yep. Which is one thing that AEW does. I never thought about that, but yeah, like a lot of their guys are. They're gimmick. they do. They have. I was thinking about that this week. They have quite a few guys that live the gimmick, which. I kind of like that because I get it. We're never going to get back to the days of kayfabe of like the 80s, early 90s because of this right here, because of the internet. It's never mm-hmm. going to happen. These guys have lives. They're not They're not. They're in character all the time. We're never going to see probably a guy like Taker who lived that gimmick for 20 years right. again. Um. Also, that also has to do with the attention spans of people now. <laughs> like, I already see it. At some point, Orange Cassidy is going to totally flip characters and just be, like, this amazing athlete in the ring. Like, that's the only way his character could switch. But don't get me wrong. I love the Cassidy character. I love the nonchalantness of that character. But, and then uh, when he does go, he can go. Oh and I God, hate people don't realize that. Like, the talent that he has to have to pull that gimmick off. It, That's, it, that right there is, is the thing. That right there is the talent it takes to pull off this. I don't care. <laughs> and then at the drop of a hat, switch it up. And he's, you know, doing the cartwheel. Not cartwheel. Bounce it off the road. Switch world. Orange punch and just like, and I'm sorry, he does the same move as Roman Reigns and throws it with more charisma, charisma which than is Roman so Reigns crazy. ever did. It is actually a believable finisher for him, and it's not for Roman for some reason. Like, and I Roman don't... is twice Orange's size. It yes. should be a believable finisher for Roman. And I, I won't, let me step back because when he was in the Shield and it was first coming out, and he was like hitting it, like, running down the ring, <laughs> it was believable. Now, the way he hits it, it's not as believable. You know what? Maybe it, when it first happened, I used to love when he would cock it, 
But now yes. that he does it every single time before he does it, that just hurts. Like, if he does it four times in a match, he's going to do it every time. Like, okay, it, stop, stop. And that, that goes back to a lot of something we could dive into for hours, and that's finishers not being protected enough. True. Um, and, I mean, we see it in – I'm kind of sad not Will's not here because, well, you don't like the Young Bucks either, do you? I do not like the Young Bucks, no. All right, so here we go. The Young Bucks have killed the super kick. Absolutely destroyed it. It is no longer a legitimate finisher for anybody but them. And it's not even their finisher. <laughs> I mean, and it, it's not because they have the Meltzer driver and, like, when Dolph Ziggler throws it and it ends a match, it's like, that shouldn't have happened. Uh, uh, and what what blows me away is because when we were watching his kids in HBK through the super kick, you're like, oh, yeah. oh man, it, are they going to kick out? I mean, it, it's like a 75% chance that he's not going to kick out. Because when HBK, especially like we all have it linked to that final kick to Ric Flair in that match. And that just, I love you. I'm sorry. Smack. <laughs> And you know, mine, the one I always think of is that Sheldon Benjamin one when he leaps across the ring. And he caught him like halfway in the yes. ring. Yes, yes, yes. But that see, that was also that's the way that Sean could throw it. Sean could throw the super kick at any moment and make even if he hadn't practiced it with someone, make it look perfect. Mm-hmm. Like that kid, like Shelton. And I think he did that once with Kofi or something similar with Kofi, too. And he could always time that perfectly. And the Bucks and the people who throw it now, they just they throw it too much. And like I yes, KW, yes. That was such it's such an amazing finisher. I love that move. I'm I'm hoping when Corbin comes back, he's the lone wolf again. Really, I do. I hated it, but I have hated everything else he'd done more. I hated the lone wolf because he was a healing you're supposed to hate it. I hated yeah. everything else because it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Am I, I wrong? I agree with that. You know what really made me mad about end of days, though? Drew kicked out at WrestleMania 38. Never brought up or anything. Yeah. It was not a moment. That, the only person who kicked out that finisher. Only was person a, that has ever kicked out of the end of days. Not mentioned at all. Like the commentators didn't react any. The fans don't really talk about it. It's like that was supposed to be a bigger moment than that. That that's my problem with I think both companies actually, all companies, I would say even Impact has a there's little things that I don't feel like companies hone in on as much anymore. That right there. When a when a finisher has been extremely dominant, extremely dominant, AEW is a little bit better. They're, they have their couple of people that they will uh, say, oh, yeah, that, that finisher's never been kicked. Oh, Kenny. Oh, yeah, one-winged angel. One yeah. angel. No one's ever kicked out of the one-winged angel. But also, Kenny protects the fuck out of that move. Yep. That's why Will Ospreay pulled that stunt he pulled a couple of weeks ago where he pulled it and then made the guy kick out. Yeah. So 
I'm excited um, for that match. <laughs> Give me that oh. match. So I know this is completely off subject, but just mention, oh, we, we do that all the time on the this one wigged angel for the longest, and I always thought Cody Rose is going to book himself to kick out of it. You thought he was going to be the one to kick out? I thought he was going to book himself to do it. I could have seen it. I could yeah, have like, seen him gonna have to, he's gonna do it. So now I have no idea what's going to kick out of it. If I'm Kenny, no one. If I'm Kenny, you don't, unless at some point it just makes perfect sense for a storyline. Yeah. Don't ever let it. Retire with that move. Never having anyone kicked out of it. Because it's never been done. There's never been a wrestler that could say, even if he gave up one or two, he'd still be in a very elite list of people. Yeah, because um, honestly, I thought the storyline was going to be Paige did it, which I'm glad they didn't go with because I, I didn't want Paige to do it. Um, Hangman doesn't have that oomph to, to... Right. I think that's part of why his his uh, run wasn't as great as we all would have liked. And his finisher's trash to me. Just because... See, I like the Lariat. I it like it. I like a Lariat as a finisher. Like, Bradshaw's was great. But the thing with me on Hangman's is the flip does nothing. It looks cool. It but looks it cool, absolutely but it's not, nothing. And I get he's trying to sell it as it gives him more power. But... You're right. It, 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 it does, does nothing. absolutely nothing because he lands <laughs> on his feet, then does it. Like, if he could do it all in one motion, a little smoother. Which is yes. impossible exactly. with the laws of physics. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, I I do like it. You're right. I like it because it's cool looking. Also, though, it's it's a move that's easily scouted because he exactly. has to be on the apron to pull it. Yes, like, I like the dad a, a hell of a lot more. Like that backwards tombstone thing he does. Yeah, I think that's – that's. I think he needs to make the lariat more of a protected finisher. Like when it makes sense, when he's yeah. there, when it's the perfect timing and start using the dead eye more. I would agree with that. Um, What do you think next is next for Paige? He's not going to be in this trios tournament. Dark Order's taking that spot. He's been kind of just floundering since he lost the title. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, I know he's teaming. We're not teaming up, but, you know, he's cheering on a dark order in a trios tournament. Uh, I really don't see anybody feuding with him. Um, I really don't know. I'm trying to think, like, there's no heels that's not doing anything right now because Jericho. Jericho's, from what I have heard, Jericho's going to end up, it's going to be Jericho versus Danielson at All Out. Yeah. So, yeah, I can see that coming. Hell because, yes, please. Because uh, the Garcia situation. Well, and I'm pretty sure Garcia turns and yeah. joins Blackpool Combat Club this week, which, which makes sense for me. Like Garcia is what is the only person in the Jericho Appreciation Society that never made sense to me. Daddy Magic, the other dude, Sammy, <laughs> Jake Hager. Ty Conti, even Anna J, all of those make sense. Sports I hate Anna J with this stupid choke out thing. No, like, what are you doing? But sports, inter- they all seem like sports entertainers to me. Daniel Garcia is a motherfucking wrestler. And yes. that match, that two out of three falls match, 
I mean, there's matches this year that definitely beat it for match of the year, but it could definitely be a candidate. Yes. Definitely in the top five of matches of the year. It was so good. They told, this is what I love too. They told such an amazing story in that match with him getting the first fall and have already had a victory over Dan. Yeah. Such a great, great story. Um, so that kind of, oh, the last thing news-wise I wanted to talk about. Did you hear that Jeff Jarrett, uh, left the come left WWE last week? Yes, I did. He left his role. Yes, so I Road did. Dog was officially rehired and put back into the position. So DX uh, is really running WWE right now. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, I mean, I don't, I'm not really sure why Tony would, other than the fact that, Road Dog kind of likes trashing AEW and then wants to wonder why Tony Khan wasn't offering him a job. Uh, but then again, I do feel like as long as you keep Road Dog out of creative, do not let the motherfucker touch anything in creative. He does have a lot of wrestling knowledge. He has a high wrestling IQ. He knows tag team wrestling really well. Yeah. Um, and he could have been a a good ad for AEW as a coach or something. But then again, I think he does well under Triple H. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything. I haven't heard anything. But do you think that if he really wanted to be there, Billy Gunn could have – I mean, if he really wanted him there, Billy Gunn could have done something to get him there? That was always my thought, too. Like, if he really wanted it, Billy could have probably got him there. There, yeah. I mean, they're together almost every weekend doing a convention or uh, exactly, yeah, talk or something. And, I mean, so that, again, that was why I was like, when Road Dog said that, I was like, your best friend is there. If you wanted to be there, I'm sure you could be. Yeah, so it was something about this where it just never really added up to me. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he came across as too cocky or something, but because I, I can see that. Um, I mean, he had- also caught a lot of the blame for the crappiness of NXT towards the end. That's all I was gonna say. And then Tony was probably like, Hell, we just beat you, I don't need you. He's the one who caught a lot of that as far as being let go and still because I mean. As much as HBK says it was me, it was me, you're you still have a job. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, real quick before we get out of here, I did want to talk about one more thing, and that was kind of our main topic for this week. Um, it's a main topic on this show a lot because the wrestling community is the most, I swear to god, the most toxic fucking fan base in the world, and easily. I, I'll have this discussion with people who aren't in the wrestling community to be like, oh no, I bet you uh, the World of Warcraft or the Star Wars or start, they're all worse. I was like, I'm in some of those fandoms and I promise you they're not. I promise you not. The wrestling fandom is the only fandom that will tear you apart, tear you down personally just because you don't like a wrestler they like or do like a wrestler they think is lame. Or so let's let's even get into the fact of did you see the Effie John Moxley kiss? Yes. Okay. 
what was your initial thought when you saw it? I, I know you're not a fan. Um, I heard Jim Cornette talk about it. Oh, so, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so you already know how it was if Cornette's oh, talking about, about this situation. So I went back and looked, and it's like, of course Cornette made this a thousand times worse than what it really was. I mean, okay, we're used to seeing a hockey fight, so they kind of did hockey kiss. Exactly. Like, okay. It was a fun moment. Um, the only, I mean, I didn't care for the guy, like, you know, putting his hands on his pants just because I was never a fan of Joey Ryan doing that kind of stuff either. Just like, you know, just peeing and stuff. That's always kind of. That gets a little bit. Yeah. But, like, I got the joke, too. You know, hey, I'm being choked out. I'll choke myself out, too. Like, okay. That's, it's a comedy spot. That's all it's for. So, I mean, am I going to sit there and burn a Moxley t-shirt and want him fired? No. And. Are we really going to pretend? Are we really going to pretend that uh, I saw a clip and I cannot remember who it was. It was a guy I follow on TikTok said, I think it was. uh, I think it was John Cena. Kissed someone at some point. I can't remember it. Oh, well, yeah. There's a set of Brock and Kurt. They've kissed Rock and Kurt. That's one. I mean, well, and then are we really going to act like Billy and Chuck wasn't a thing? <laughs> are we really going to act like there wasn't an entire uh, storyline around t- a tag team that ended up as gay lovers? <laughs> and we're going to shit over 2022 over a quick kiss in the ring in a storyline? Let's not forget Goldust. I mean, he was... <laughs> he was taking advantage of men passed out. I mean, and that's that's my first. And you you mentioned one of the worst culprits, one of the most people that makes this community the most toxic is that motherfucker, and that's why I can't stand him. Cornette, because Cornette, I can't stand him because I just racist, homophobic, transphobic. And he's he's just like Vince. He's stuck in the 80s and 90s of wrestling and just feels like it always needs to stay there and just refuses to see the last 20 years and how much it's evolved and changed. And it's not what you want it to be. I'm sorry. You're not oh, the yeah. god of wrestling. Like, um, some of his stuff I agree with. Um, like, some of his wrestling viewpoints just... Well, I guess the way he talks, you know, I kind of not like his viewpoints on what you said, like the list of the phobias. Uh, I miss me with all that. But, you know, he'll be like, okay, well, this should have done this. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. There, no. But my thing on Cornette that, like, really made me just kind of go with what you were saying, like you're stuck in the 80s. Do you remember when the Sonya Deville incident happened when that guy broke into her house? Mm-hmm. He was like saying, oh, you know, that's pretty bad. But Sonya and Mandy are feuding. They should have been fine for being together. What the hell? This lady just almost died by some cray stalker. And you're worried about them hanging out in kayfabe? No, that is not how this works. Like, that, that that's the thing. That, that right there tells me how stuck in the past he is. Yes. We don't live in a time like that anymore. And... 
also, had that not been an incident, it would have never been known that they were together. Right. Had the stalker not tried to kill Sonya, it would have never been known that they were together. It, it's just, it's stupid comments like that. And it's also, he personal the way he personally attacks people. Like Nyla Rose in Sunny Kiss. And here's one that he just wants to hate on Moxley because he just doesn't like Moxley's style of wrestling. Yeah. And I get it. The Moxley style is not for everybody. But it obviously is for some people. I'm a fan. Um, have been for a very long time. And... Also, like we were saying earlier, as much as he wants to shit on the death match and everything else, they all have a place and they right. all can work in certain situations. That's right. Yeah, I agree. Like, I'm I'm never gonna go to a CZW event or anything, but if I mean, you gave you me want. the opportunity, I'd probably go just to say I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it, I might go to a CZW. Where I probably wouldn't end up was Juggalo Championship Wrestling. Oh, God. Like, I don't know if you ever <laughs> catch me in a crowd for that. <laughs> but, no, I mean, like I said, it's, for, it's not for everybody. But, I mean, I'm never going to knock anybody else's point of view on wrestling just because, like, I mean, we're, that's that should be the beauty of wrestling. Everything's so different. We should all be able to come together about it. Uh, like, I that's why... Game Changer, GCW, is having such an uprise lately mm -hmm. because they're willing to do the death match. They're willing to do the comedy match. They're willing to do the serious match. They're willing to put their belt on Matt Cardona. Um, and I, have, I would love to go to a GCW show. I would because they – I like Nick Gage. I think – for what he does and the genre of match that he puts on, he is definitely one of the best to do it. Yeah. I would love to see Mick Foley, Nick Gage. Like, that would blow Someone my would mind. Die. Someone would just die. Like, there's nothing else to do. <laughs> or give me one better. Terry Funk, Mick Foley, <laughs> and Nick Gage. Oh, man. <laughs> if New Jack was still around, oh, my God. There's the best fatal four way ever. <laughs> There's, There's so much blood of the night, folks. <laughs> the bloodiest match in history. New Jack, Nick Gage, <laughs> Funkin' Foley. Oh my god! <laughs> just those. Just any rotation of those as a one v one would be amazing. But all four of those guys in a ring in their prime. Oh my god. It'd be one of the brutalest matches in history. Oh, man. But, yeah, what? just like what you said, though, I don't like the personal thing on it, though. Like, if if Omega's not your, your type of wrestler, that's fine. But I'm not going to hate on Tyson Smith, the person. Like, that, that's not okay. Exactly. And that that's, that's my thing is I just don't understand why we all – and it's also – I'm an AEW fan. I, I have referred to myself as a fanboy because mm -hmm. there at the beginning, I was diehard. It was great. I loved it. Has it kind of waned here and there lately? Yes. Um, but I am a wrestling fan. 
Yes, I enjoy I good wrestling. That's why lately I've actually been upset about not being able to watch <laughs> Raw and SmackDown because they've been putting on good shows. Yeah, I've missed on SmackDown lately. That's all I want is interesting wrestling. I've been watching. I'm. I have Impact uh, Ultimate Insider on YouTube. I watch Impact every week, and I'm sorry, people can fight me, but right now the best product is Impact Wrestling. The only reason that people don't know it is because they are stuck on Access TV. But they are putting out the have been putting out some of the best product for the last year or two. I was like, yeah, for a while, like. I was since, when, we talked about this last week, Chris. Since Scott Demore took over, they have been doing the right things. And yep. he wears that gauntlet because he's <laughs> the only one motherfucker who's worked with every company. Every company. Yeah. Who is it? Uh, was Josh Alexander? He's not putting oh, on a bad match. Uh, man, he's killing it as their champion. There, did you see the... Uh, him versus Alex Shelley at Emergence. Did you see that match? No, I didn't. Oh, dude. Alex Shelley's first ever championship cha- like attempt yeah. for Impact. Such a good match. They put on a banger of a match. Um, and I love Shelley. I think Shelley is a super underrated wrestler. Um, Both guns are. Oh, agreed. Chris Saban, easily one of the most underrated wrestlers of our generation. Yeah. Like Chris Saban could have been a WWE star, and the fact that he's never had any time in WWE is a fucking travesty. And especially now, where he's towards the end of his career. Yeah. Um. No, the Machine Guns are great, and now you're we're getting this week. We're gonna get the time, uh, the time machines. Uh, Shelly, uh, Saban. And um, shit, Shelly's other partner, um, Time Splitters. Um, they did a thing in NXT. Um, shit, what is his name? He just uh, left NXT. Is it Nash? No, he signed with um, New Japan. He's New Japan wrestler. God, this is gonna kill me when I figure it out. Kushida. Oh, oh. oh so Kushida is also working with Impact. Him and uh, Saban teamed up during Emergence while Shelly was for the championship. So now we're, this week we're getting BBD, which is uh, Doherty, um, Eric Young, and uh, the other dude that I can also never remember his name. And then... Time Machine, Shelly, Sabin, and Kushida all together. I'm super excited for that team up. Super excited. But, well, Chris, I appreciate you joining us tonight, man. Oh, uh, man. Dude, it was my pleasure. Uh, our, our show's kind of crazy. We just kind of talk of whatever comes at us as far as wrestling. Um, that's how it should be, man. Just like a wrestling that, match. Whatever that's, happens, happens. That's, kind of the show i like to do like i have my news points that i feel like need to be hit but i just like to flow with whatever is going on in wrestling and right now what's going on in wrestling is crazy shit always though always (laughs) always um 
tell everybody where they can find you normally. Tell them about ASAP. Oh, well, I'm on the ASAP Network. Uh, on Wednesdays at 9 Central, I do the ASAP Russell Hour. Um, Fridays, I am uh, one of like the creators of NBA Fast Break. Uh, same time, Friday, 9 Central. Uh, on the ASAP Network, please stop by. Check me out if you like basketball or wrestling. I'm your guy. All right, Chris. Well, we appreciate it, man. Guys, thank y'all for joining us tonight, and y'all have a great week, and we'll see y'all next week. Mr. Morgan will be back, and we're going to get Chris back and do all three of us very soon. soon. Please do. Please do. Uh, because the three of us together are crazy. <laughs> all right, guys. Y'all have a great week, and go enjoy some wrestling. <laughs>